No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we return to the book of Hosea to see that Israel brought forth fruit for himself and did not fear the Lord. Therefore, his fortress would be plundered. When judgment is on the horizon, it is time to seek the Lord. We hope you join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Hosea chapter 10 on Simply the Bible. Despite her unfaithfulness, God loved the northern kingdom of Israel. She was his bride, and even though she had gone to other lovers, he could not give her up. But she would reap the consequences of her divided heart. The Lord had given her everything she needed to be fruitful. He had planted her in in an exceedingly good land, a land of milk and honey. He had driven out the Canaanites to give her houses that she did not build and vineyards that she did not plant. But she had gone her own way and lavished her favors on her idle lovers. We continue today in Hosea chapter 10. Israel empties his vine. He brings forth fruit for himself. According to the multitude of his fruit, he has increased the altars. According to the bounty of his land, they have embellished his sacred pillars. Their heart is divided. Now they are held guilty. He will break down their altars. He will ruin their sacred pillars. So God had planted Israel in the land. It was his desire that Israel would bring forth good fruit. But instead of bringing fruit to God, Israel brought forth fruit for himself. And it is always the Lord's desire that we would bring forth good fruit unto him. Instead, Israel was using the gifts that God had given to her to embellish herself, to enrich herself. And then not only that, but he took God's blessings and gifts and he increased the altars in the high places and embellished the sacred pillars. Now, all of this occurred because their hearts were divided. There was a part of them that wanted to worship Yahweh, uh, but then they turned away from that and also worshiped these various pagan deities. Now, Remember, the whole background for this is that the Lord called Hosea as a prophet to marry an unfaithful wife, and he would experience her cheating on him, and then he would go after she was spent and nobody wanted her, he would go and and buy her back for himself and take her back as his wife, and all of this so that Hosea would be able to relate to the Lord, who had experienced the unfaithfulness of his wife, Israel. And now, because of this, God said that he would destroy their altars and their sacred pillars. For now they say, we have no king, because we did not fear the Lord. And as for a king, what would he do for us? They have spoken words, swearing falsely in making a covenant. Thus, judgment springs up like hemlock in the furrows of the field. And so they would say, we have no king. Now, they were going to lose their king, but they really had not had a good king at all. They had many kings. They had nine different dynasties. And when a people give themselves over to evil, God gives them over to bad leadership. And this is what had happened. And they said, but what good would it do even if we did have a king? Their king had not helped them at all. And the reason 
It's because they had no fear of God. And I think this is so often the problem. There is a lack of the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. They had made then false covenants with one another. They had made promises to each other, having no intention of fulfilling them. And therefore, judgment was springing up like hemlock in the furrows of the field. Uh, It's also been translated that there were lawsuits springing up among them because they had not honored their commitments to each other. The inhabitants of Samaria fear because of the calf of Beth-Avon, for its people mourn for it and its priests shriek for it because its glory has departed from it. The idol also shall be carried to Assyria as a present for King Jerob. Ephraim shall receive shame and Israel shall be ashamed of his own counsel. And so King Jeroboam, the first king of Israel, did not want the people going back to Jerusalem to worship the Lord. So he made these two calf idols. One was in Bethel, which is also known as Beth-Avon or the house of wickedness, and the other in Dan up in the north country. And so now these calves would be carried off by the king of Assyria and the people would mourn over them. The priests would shriek uh, because they would be so disappointed that they were losing their altars. And Israel would be ashamed of his own counsel. Now, the problem was they were looking to their own counsel. They were doing what was right in their own eyes. They were listening to the world around them, but they were not listening to the truth of the word of God. And that will always lead to shame. The more we heed the word of God and hold fast to it, then we will not be ashamed. But when we turn aside from that to our own counsel, that's where shame comes from. As for Samaria, her king is cut off like a twig on the water. Also the high places of Avon, the sin of Israel, shall be destroyed. The thorn and thistle shall grow up on their altars. They shall say to the mountains, cover us, and to the hills, fall on us. And so their king would be swept away like a twig on the water, and their high places of wickedness would be destroyed by God. And things would be so terrible that they would even cry out to the mountains saying, cover us. When the Assyrians would come in and sweep them away, uh, they would prefer death to dealing with the Assyrians. This is very similar to what will occur during the Great Tribulation. We're told in Revelation 6.15, And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? At times, things get so bad that people prefer death to continue living in that situation. Verse 9, O Israel, you have sinned from the days of Gibeah. There they stood. The battle in Gibeah against the children of iniquity did not overtake them. When it is my desire, I will chasten them. Peoples shall be gathered against them when I bind them for their two transgressions. So this is another reference to Gibeah. This story is found in Judges 19 through 21, and it is about the Levite who had a concubine who went to Gibeah, a Benjamite city, 
and there spent the night and all of the men came out and wanted to rape him, the Levite. Uh, and so he gave them his concubine and they raped her instead and left her for dead the next morning. And he took her and divided her up into 12 parts, sent her pieces into all of the 12 tribes of Israel. And the people were so appalled that they came out and made war against Gibeah and uh, almost destroyed completely the Benjamites. But that was a terrible wickedness. God cites it here, but he says that he is going to chasten them now for that wickedness as well as for their uh, multiple transgressions. They were continuing the wickedness even to the present day through their idolatry. Ephraim is a trained heifer that loves to thresh grain, but I harnessed her fair neck. I will make Ephraim pull a plow. Judah shall plow. Jacob shall break his clods. So the Lord likens Ephraim here to a heifer threshing the grain. Now, for a heifer, this is a relatively easy job. Uh, they could thresh the grain, and yet they would not muzzle the oxen while they were threshing the grain, so the heifer could eat whenever she wanted the grain that she was threshing. Uh, but soon, this heifer of Israel would be harnessed to a plow, and Israel would have to submit to the heavy yoke of the Assyrians, and she would then move from the place of indulgence to the place of being subservient to the Assyrians. Sow for yourselves righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Now, even now, the Lord was calling out to them to repent. If only they would sow for themselves righteousness rather than wickedness, then they would reap mercy from the Lord. But this would not be easy for them. Successive generations of hardening their hearts to the word of God, doing as they pleased, that made them callous to spiritual truth. And now they would have to break up the fallow ground of their hearts they would need to submit to the conviction of God through his word, through the Holy Spirit. They would need to humble themselves before God and confess that they had sinned and gone their own way. And then they would need to seek the Lord and keep seeking him until he rained righteousness on them. God was giving them another chance here, but they would not take it. They would not turn from their sins. And so God would bring the Assyrians upon them. But I believe this is a word for us today in our modern culture. Years of spiritual neglect have left many people hard and cold and callous to the things of God. Is there any hope for our nation? I believe that the only hope is for revival. And thus we have to do what God says here, to sow for ourselves righteousness. Do the right thing and then you'll reap mercy. Break up the fallow ground of our hearts. And that means just the conviction of the Holy Spirit through the word of God, just plowing up the hard soil of our hearts and making our hearts receptive to the word of God, to the mercy of God. I think that we must do this and seek the Lord and continue to seek him until he finally reigns righteousness on us. I believe that is our only hope. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own way in the multitude of your mighty men. Therefore, tumult shall arise among your people 
and all your fortresses shall be plundered as Shalman plundered Beth Arbel in the day of battle. A mother dashed in pieces upon her children. Thus it shall be done to you, O Bethel, because of your great wickedness. At dawn the king of Israel shall be cut off utterly. And so God said, you've plowed wickedness, you will reap iniquity, you've trusted in your own way, you've trusted in your mighty men, you've trusted in your fortresses, but they will all be plundered, as Shalman plundered Beth Arbel. Now, we believe that this is referring to a past event that they understood. Shalmaneser III was an Assyrian ruler who campaigned against Israel in the 9th century BC, and there's evidence that He took the mothers and their children up to Beth Arbel, a cliff that overlooks the Sea of Galilee, and he tossed the children over the cliff and then the mothers on top of them. It was just horrendous. And God is saying that just like that, this will occur again and then your king will be cut off. A terrible judgment that was coming upon Israel. And yet, as we will see tomorrow, God was still unwilling to, to give them up. He had told Hosea, go marry an unfaithful wife. She's going to leave you. She's going to be unfaithful. And yet I'm going to have you take her back. Why? Because I also will take back my unfaithful people. And that is just the amazing mercy of God. If we will uh, but repent and turn and turn back to the Lord, we will find that he is a gracious God willing to pardon. And that is my prayer that we would do that Uh, in earnest, and in mass as a nation. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. We are happy to announce that we are building a new facility in Southwest Meridian. For more information or to give towards this project, please visit calvarytv.org slash building project. That's calvarytv.org slash building project. To listen to previous episodes, check out our Simply the Bible podcast. Tomorrow we will see where the Lord expresses His continuing love for Israel. How can He give them up? Nevertheless, He will reward them according to their ways. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Hosea on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.